0: Uh, Or if you're at home, do pick up your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. We're looking at Matthew chapter 11, starting at verse 25. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you are pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest."
1: Father God in heaven, uh, we would ask that this morning you would speak to us about your Son by your Spirit. And we ask this in your name, Amen. How are you? Genuine question, how are you this morning? The classic British answer is fine. Isn't it? Uh, But but the the problem with the answer, fine, is that that might mean that last night your house fell down or that yesterday you won the lottery. Either way, you could answer, fine. I guess uh, the thing about our emotions is that we're not always great at owning up to how we really feel, except. There's one answer to the question, how are you, that we do tend to own up to regularly. I'm tired. This morning, we're going to be looking at what Jesus says to the weary. Are you tired this morning? Are you exhausted? Are you weary? If you are, then Jesus is speaking to you. About 15 years ago when I was at uni, I told a friend who was called Stee that I was really tired. Stee was working at the time. Do you know what he did? He burst out laughing. Tired? A student? You've got no idea what tiredness is like. Just wait till you have to get up at 6 o'clock every morning and go to work. That is real tiredness. A few years later, I was talking to him. I was living here. I was traveling into London, getting up at 6 o'clock every morning. And I said to him, Steve, I understand what you were talking about. Now I'm really tired. Do you know what he did? He laughed again. Ha, you think that's tiring? I've got kids. Getting up at six o'clock in the morning is nothing. Try getting up in the middle of the night as well. A few years, this is genuinely true. A few years later, I said to him, Steve, I understand what you were talking about. I'm shattered. I've got young kids. Steve, true to form, burst out laughing again. Young kids? That's nothing. Just wait till you've got older kids and more of them. I'm looking forward to our next conversation in a few years' time, if Steve can stay awake long enough to to hold one. You see, that's the thing about tiredness. There's no particular time in life that is necessarily more tiring than another. All of life is exhausting. Any of us could be weary. Did you feel weary this time last year when lockdown was just starting? I'm sure you did, I did. The confusion and the uncertainty, it was absolutely exhausting. Have you felt weary having to stay at home? For those of you who are still almost for a whole year at home, are you tired of it? It's exhausting. And then for those of us who over these last couple of weeks have been able to get out and about a little bit, maybe grab a coffee in the well. Hasn't reintegrating to normal life and being around people in and of itself been tiring? We're exhausted. Every aspect of this last year has made people feel weary. But of course, weariness predates COVID 19, and tiredness isn't just about family circumstances. We can be weary for all sorts of reasons. Maybe work is making you weary. Uh, The monotony of working from home, or or the burden of having to continue to go to your workplace, or or the prospect of working for another 30, 40, or 50 years. I've been filling in a lot of forms lately, and this uh, last week, I was asked about my target retirement age. Apparently, eight years ago, I was aiming for 67. I was strongly advised to change that to 70. 70. There you go, with a stroke of a pen, three more years on the end of my working life. But then for our older brothers and sisters who are already retired, are you as refreshed as you'd hoped you would be? Retirement can make you weary. The demands of childcare of grandchildren, the increasing limitations of your body, it's exhausting. And then... Some of us are weary because we can't get to sleep or else we wake up in the night because some of the other emotions that we're thinking about over the course of these next six weeks, like, like maybe worry, come flooding into our mind and then they make us feel even more weary. And for some of us, our weariness goes beyond just the normal tiredness of everyday life. 200,000 people in the UK have been diagnosed and are currently living with chronic fatigue syndrome or, or ME, including some of us in our church family. CFS is described as intense exhaustion for a prolonged period of time. It is weary in itself because it's the inability to be refreshed. Many of us are weary. And if this morning you're not, if you woke up bright eyed and bushy tailed, then it may well be that the last few minutes of listening to me have made you weary. But I guess that most of us, in some form or another, are tired, are exhausted, are weary. So, how are you? Can you own up to being weary? If if you are, then Jesus wants to speak to you this morning. And here's what he says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Please keep Matthew 11 open in front of you. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and i will give you rest just let those words sink in for a moment jesus offers rest to the weary that sounds like a good offer to me that sounds like what i want sounds like what i need And so to be sure that we can accept Jesus' invitation, we need to understand exactly what it is that he's offering. And so the verses leading up to to that statement, the immediate context are, are vitally important to understand the invitation of Jesus. So we'll come back to those last three verses a little bit later on. But firstly, in verses 25 to 26, Jesus says that the Father Only reveals things to little children. Let me read Matthew 11, verses 25 and 26. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father. For this is what you were pleased to do. There are some things that little children are better and most learned adults. Children's little hands and fingers can often poke into crevices and holes that we can't get to. If something rolls under our couch, William often springs into action. I'll get this one. Well, Another thing that children are often better at than adults is being dependent. Knowing that they can't do something on their own, that they need help. In fact, little children are particularly better at that than clever, wise and learned adults. People who might think themselves to be self. Sufficient. And here, Jesus says that the Father has hidden things from the wise and learned, from self-sufficient people. And instead, he's revealed them to little children. Not children in terms of age, but children in terms of temperament. People who are totally dependent. The things that the Father has revealed are found in verses 20 to 24. Just look back to that next section, uh, just immediately before what we're looking at this morning. And let me read verse 20. Then Jesus began to denounce the towns in which most of his miracles had been performed because they did not repent. Jesus has been traveling around performing incredible miracles. In Matthew's gospel so far, he's healed large numbers of people from all kinds of illnesses. He's healed a leper. He's healed a woman who had been ill for 12 years. He's healed a paralyzed man. He's also calmed a storm and healed a man who'd been possessed by a demon. And then in chapter 9, he even brought a little girl back to life. You'd have thought that would have been enough uh, for anyone who saw it to accept that he was the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. You might remember that from back in Matthew chapter 1 verse 1. We looked at it in December. That's Jesus' identity that Matthew wants us to believe. And yet despite all of Jesus' miracles, people haven't believed in him. And therefore, as verse 20 tells us, they've not repented. Now that's because the wise and learned believe themselves to be self-sufficient. And those to whom the Father reveals these things are like little children, dependent, people who throw themselves on Jesus If you're feeling weary this morning, then perhaps it's because you're trying to be self-sufficient. You feel like you've got the world on your shoulders, a little bit like Atlas uh, carrying the globe. Far too often I'm like that. I'm terrible at asking for help. I'll throw myself into something and be silently annoyed that nobody's helping me, even though I know that I'm totally unapproachable, totally impossible to help. I try to be self-sufficient, but we're not. Look at how Jesus addresses God in verse 25. Jesus calls him the Lord of heaven and earth. Our God is sovereign. He's over all things, including us. The implication is that we're not self-sufficient. We are, in fact, totally dependent on Him. But only little children can admit that. In the amazing way in which God works, self-sufficient people who think that they are wise, who think that they know enough, don't and can't. Instead, little children who admit their complete dependence on the Lord of heaven and earth, who ask to be taught what they don't know, they have these things revealed to them. Isn't that exactly what Bill Page said last week? I didn't tell you I was going to pick on you this morning. You thought you got off with it last week. Remember Bill was uh, baptized last Sunday morning? And in his testimony, he said that he'd struggled to believe that he knew enough to be a Christian. And I asked him, does that mean today that you know everything? Do you remember what he said? No, not at all. I don't, but now I believe that Jesus accepts me as who I am and that's fantastic and amazing. That's what Bill said last week. And it is, isn't it? Fantastic and amazing. Someone like Bill, a a capable guy, an ex-policeman, came to God like a little child. And so these things were revealed to him. So firstly, we see that the Father only reveals things to little children. Secondly, as we aim to properly understand Jesus' invitation to the weary, which we're going to get to in just a moment, we see in verse 27 that Jesus says, the Father reveals these things through the Son. Not only does the Father reveal these things to totally dependent people who are like little children, but He reveals them only through His Son, the Lord Jesus. Let me read verse 27 for you again. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. The way in which the Father reveals things to little children is through Jesus. There's no other way. That's why you can't learn it yourself. That's why you can't be wise or learned enough to to decipher it or to gain enough knowledge. You can't be self-sufficient. You have to be totally dependent on someone else. You can't get to the Father on your own you must come through Jesus. Now, this verse is packed full of riches that we could spend a long time looking at. We can't unpack it all now, but, but that's the main point. The Father reveals these things through the Son. And that's what the people who witnessed Jesus' miracles missed, that it was by coming to Jesus like a little child that they could get to the Father. But they were self-sufficient, not dependent. Very briefly, let me point you to one aspect of the Father that's revealed through Jesus. It's in Isaiah 40. We've already had it read to us this morning. Turn to Isaiah 40 if you could, or it'll come up on the screen. And this is part of the reason why Jesus can offer rest to the weary in verses 28 to 30. Because through Jesus, we get to know the Father who never grows weary. Isaiah 40 verse 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength through Him reveals the Father who never grows tired or weary. He has life in and of Himself. He's independent. He doesn't need rest. Notice that these words show what we already know, that all humans grow weary. But there's a promise That those who hope in the Lord, those who are dependent on Him, will be like Him. They will not grow weary. So, here's the question. Why are we sitting here this morning still weary? (laughs) Why are we tired? I hope in the Lord. So why does the fact that about a third of the nights in 2021, Ewan's been awake for three hours straight, still make me tired? If I'm meant to be soaring on wings like eagles. Well, it's because the weariness that Jesus is talking about isn't primarily physical. It's spiritual. So thirdly and finally, Jesus says in verses 28 to 30, I will give you rest from the Father if you come to me like a little child. Let me read these verses again and do look out for the hint that the rest Jesus offers isn't primarily physical. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Did you spot it? At the end of verse 29, you will find rest for your souls. The rest that Jesus offers is soul rest. The weariness that Jesus remedies is soul weariness. Spiritual exhaustion. If your soul is weary, Jesus can give you rest. Being soul weary is the most weary any human can be. It's when you attempt to be spiritually self-sufficient. We saw in verse 25, the wise and the learned, they were so weary. They were self-sufficient, not dependent. And the result that we saw in verse 20 was that they didn't repent. What does it mean to repent? And what's any of this got to do with being dependent and rest? Well, when Jesus says you will find rest for your souls, he's actually quoting from Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. Uh, Let me read what God says there in this Old Testament prophecy. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls, but you said, we will not walk in it. That verse brings together exactly everything that we're thinking about this morning. Dependency, rest, and repentance. Let let me try and explain. Imagine that I've been out to London. You really do have to imagine that. It's been a few months since we've been out for a family day to London, Imagine it's late, and and me and my family are standing at the London Eye. We've been out for a while. We've had a fantastic time. But as always with London, we are tired. Our legs are giving way. We're weary. And so I say, let's head back. And I turn with my back to the London Eye, and I say, we have to go this way between the park and all bar one, that's my landmarks around there, up to the main road, left and then right to the entrance of Waterloo Station and up to the train. That's the way to rest. Now, what will my children say? They'll grab my hand and they'll come because they know that they don't know the way to go. They're totally dependent on me. But but now imagine Sarah. Now, this is not a true story, just to reinforce. And Sarah says, no, I've been to London thousands of times. I've got on that train thousands of times. I studied geography. I know the way to go. It's not that way. It's this way. That imaginary picture of my family is exactly what Jeremiah is saying. To find rest for your souls, you need to be dependent on someone else. You need to repent, go God's way. But Jeremiah says that the people said, we will not walk in it. To find rest for your souls... You have to come to Jesus like a little child. Allow him to set the path. Be dependent on him. Walk his way. That's what repentance means. We're all sinful. That means we all go our own way, not God's way. And it's exhausting because we're constantly trying to swim upstream. It's not the way that we're meant to go. Uh, St. Augustine, the bishop of Hippo, uh, said, Lord, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless till they find their rest in thee. Uh, That's what repenting means, uh, going God's way, Uh, turning from your sin and going downstream, where you find true rest. So if if you're not a Christian this morning and you feel weary, come to Jesus like a little child, like Bill did, and he will show you that it's soul weariness that is truly exhausting you. It, it, Jesus died on the cross to take the punishment for your sin. That means you don't have to do anything, but it Does mean that you have to stop being self sufficient and instead totally depend on Him and His work. Now, that doesn't mean that life won't be tiring, where Christians are still exhausted, but Christians aren't soul weary. The common weariness of life isn't exacerbated by weariness of soul. And even more than that, life following Jesus itself is less tiring. Just look at what Jesus says in verse 29. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. A yoke is put on animals so that they can pull heavy loads. There should be a picture there and it's spelled Y-O-K-E, not Y-O-L-K, here, yoke is a metaphor for discipleship because coming to Jesus for rest doesn't mean that you can do whatever you want. That would be self-sufficient. Discipleship is about dependency, walking Jesus' way. But look at verse 30 to see what Jesus says about his yoke. For my yoke is easy and my burden is is light. The soul rest Jesus offers doesn't mean that you'll never get tired physically, but it does mean that you'll always be pulling in the right direction, following Him, wearing a yoke that is easy. A better translation could be kind. It means one that fits perfectly and comfortably. It's a bespoke design for your neck and shoulders. And it's not heavy. So if you know your soul is at rest, but you're weary because you've been working at home constantly for the last 13 months, keep on coming to Jesus and be dependent on him. If you know your soul is at rest, uh, but you're weary because this this newborn phase seems to be never-ending, Keep on coming to Jesus. Uh, Be dependent on Him. If you know your soul is at rest, uh, but you're weary of the fact that life just seems to be one disaster lurching to another, come to Jesus. Keep on coming. Uh, Be dependent on Him. And if you know your soul is at rest, uh, but you're weary, because you're living with an illness like chronic fatigue, keep on coming to Jesus. Be totally dependent on him. There's, there's so much gold in these verses, and we can't pan for all of it. But last year, a guy called Dane Ortland wrote this book. You should see it come up on the screen in a minute. It's called Gentle and Lowly. The title of the book comes from verse 29 of the passage that we're looking at this morning. I know that quite a few people have read this and love it. I'm reading it on Friday afternoons with Vaughan Malls, so if you want any recommendations later on, ask Vaughan how he likes it. I couldn't recommend it highly enough, and Matt's going to mention it at the end of the service. But the first chapter looks at these verses, and I'm going to close with what Dane Ortland says. Jesus is using a kind of irony, saying that the yoke laid on his disciples is a non-yoke, for it is a yoke of kindness. Who could resist this? It's like telling a drowning man that he must put on the burden of a life ring, only to hear him shout back, sputtering, No way! Not me! This is hard enough, drowning here in these stormy waters. The last thing I need is the added burden of a life ring around my body. Jesus' yoke is kind, and his burden is light. That is, his yoke is a non-yoke, and his burden is a non-burden. What helium does to a balloon, Jesus' yoke does to his followers. We are buoyed along in life by his endless gentleness and supremely accessible lowliness. He doesn't simply meet us at our place of need. He lives in our place of need. He never tires of sweeping us into his tender embrace. It is his very heart. It is what gets him out of bed in the morning. If he ever needed to sleep, are are you weary? Is your soul weary? Then Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light come to the Lord Jesus today let me pray Father God in heaven we ask that you would help us to hear these words of the Lord Jesus. Father, that we would admit our weariness, our inability to rest, to be refreshed, and to ever get to know you on our own, and we would stop being self-sufficient and instead be totally dependent on the Lord Jesus like a little child and we thank you that he offers rest for our souls and that as we keep on coming to him life will not be as exhausting as we walk his way Father please do speak to us and change us we ask in your name Amen. Annie Leggett's going to come and she's going to pray now.